Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we confess that Christ ascended into heaven. The word ascend means to go up. Children, you can remember that, ascend, to go up. You can even tell your parents you're ascending the stairs. That means you're going up the stairs. After Jesus rose from the dead, he spent 40 days on the earth in his glorified body of flesh and blood. And then we read he was carried up into heaven. And the disciples were there as eyewitnesses on the mount called Olivet. And they could see Christ's lifted hands and they can hear his blessing while he parted from them. When you walked in today, you read that on the display, on the wall here displayed, Luke 24, verse 51. And the disciples looked on as he was lifted up. It appears that he was moving slowly enough to be seen. But eventually, uh, his ascending, ascending body was hidden by a cloud. Perhaps the disciples were thinking about Jesus' words at that moment, that the words that he, he said, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will afterward. We can imagine them, it says in Luke and Acts, they were worshiping God, so we can imagine them singing Psalm 68 like, like we sang together. Psalm 47 that we'll sing later on, worshiping him. God has gone up with a shout. Sing praises to our king. Sing praises. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. But then what? Hidden by a cloud, his body was gone. Would he change at all now that he was in heaven? When the angels confirmed that Jesus would be coming back, they emphasized that it is the same Jesus. And this makes it clear that Christ's body that went into heaven will be the same body that will come again on the day of judgment. However, just because Jesus went up into heaven in his body, that doesn't mean that we don't have to think about him anymore until he comes again. Jesus Christ in his human flesh is in heaven and he is still thinking about us and he continues to do things to do his work on the earth. He is still here with us and we confess it in a very beautiful way in Lord's Day 18 in his divinity, his majesty, his grace and his spirit. And when we look at John 14 we continue to look at that we will see how he is still with us in those ways. Well, the scriptures make clear that the Lord Jesus Christ is not out of the picture for us today. And in Ephesians 6, verse 9, the Holy Spirit shows us one practical way of how having Christ in heaven affects our lives. He ends that passage on bondservants and masters referring to the ascension. He says, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven. And perhaps you didn't even know those words were there. But as we see how the knowledge of Christ's ascension influences our workplaces, we can grow in our understanding of all that we confess to be true 
in Lord's Day 18. And I preach to you the gospel of Christ's ascension under this theme. Our master is in heaven and it affects our work. Ignore him, be doomed to people please, serve him and be freed from partiality and praise him and be connected to paradise. Problems arise in your workplace, in our workplaces, when we only do our work for our own advantage. Just as it is in the case of marriage, Ephesians 5, the end of Ephesians 5, just as it is in the relationship between parent and child, selfishness and a sense of entitlement in our work, it chains us to these earthly things. Have you ever felt that you have a divine right to have a comfortable life and that no one can tell you what to do as you eagerly look out for your own interests in this world? You know what happens when you start thinking like that, right? The more we focus on ourselves, the more we focus on our own comforts and our own rights, the more the people around us seem to be competing with us. It changes the way we look at them. And it doesn't take long for us to feel compelled to see what we can get from them for ourselves before they actually get something from us. The sinful nature makes us fall into this worldview that is very similar to what we saw in Ecclesiastes, where life is restricted to what takes place under the sun between our conception and our death, and there is nothing more. And with this worldview which ignores God in heaven and his son Jesus Christ seated on the throne, the only reason to get along with other people is to make it easier for yourself to get through the challenges with the least amount of confrontation and consternation. Now children who are still learning about the greatness of God, about what God is, it's an abstract, or who God is, it's an abstract concept to them. And children who are still learning about the existence of, of heaven, they tend to be very earthly focused, very self-focused. And so they give a good idea about what I'm talking about. When God is not a real part of the picture, then you only have to figure out how to deal with the people around you to get what you need. And so already at the age of one or, or two, children who know very well what they like, sweets or books or whatever it may be, they also know how to get it. They, they wrap their, their parents and their grandparents around their well, little finger with their cute little request of peas, and they're nodding their curly heads, and they give you hugs just at the right time, and they have these puppy eyes of, of pleading, and who can resist, right? So they're, they're so focused on, on getting those things for themselves, they learn. They learn who is more likely to give them what they want. I think grandparents are most guilty there. They know when to ask things. They know when you're at your weakest. 
And they know how to stay in favor by obeying when their parents' eyes are upon them so that they can take the forbidden favor or the forbidden thing when their caregivers' backs are, are turned, even for a second. Well, it isn't until a person truly understands that God can see them all the time from heaven that they begin to realize that life is about more than themselves and that people-pleasing is an unhappy and an unsatisfying way to live life. The people-pleasing referred to in Ephesians chapter 6 is not that sincere desire to serve the well-being of other people. The people-pleasing that is referred to there is that deceptive kind where a person pretends to be or to think or to do something for personal advantage. The people-pleasing is the kind that ignores the master who is in heaven and believing that they only have to fool or please the people around them. People-pleasers act like sophisticated children who knowingly and willingly deceive others in order to avoid confrontation. They flatter others in order to gain personal advantages. But when life is seen and life is treated as a series of superficial eye service settings, work, marriage, and worship, in a short-term pursuit of temporary things that we lose when we die, life soon becomes cheap. It becomes meaningless. It doesn't leave a good feeling to keep our, our eyes focused on the earth, to play this game of personal achievement competitions or determining worth based on human status. And so do not be surprised to find arrogance, insincerity, bitterness, and resentment in the hearts of those who are ignoring or perhaps even forgetting their master in heaven, seeking the praise of other people, or living in competition with others all the time we are not able to use our gifts in harmony with others for the glory of God's kingdom. Ephesians 6, verses 3 to 9, the Holy Spirit addresses some of these problems of ignoring the ascended Lord and leads us out of that, that swampy mess by simply pointing to our relationship with the ascended Lord. Here's the problem. The solution is know that your master is in heaven. Serve him and be freed from partiality. Instead of serving yourself first or serving others first, be bondservants of Christ in the first place. That's the solution we read together in Ephesians 6. The solution is to live as covenant children of our Heavenly Father, who understands, who understand that we are walking with him. Live your life understanding that the rules of God's heavenly kingdom, they spill down in, from heaven onto earth. 
And so specifically speaking of the relationship of bond servants and masters in Ephesians 6, the Holy Spirit shows us how everything changed, how, how your worldview changes when you understand that your king is in heaven on his throne. He is the Lord and master of everyone. And those who know him will render service to him first of all and not to men, we read in verse 7. The Holy Spirit tells us that this gives us a completely unique approach to, to work. It will free us from all partiality in our interactions with our employers, whether we are bond servants or free, verse 8. Now the word partiality is a word that means being unfair and giving special treatment to some people over others based on your special connection to them and your hope for rewards. Maybe another word is favoritism. And I'm no communist, but I find it very striking how often our Lord Jesus puts every human being on a level playing field in service before him. No matter what our responsibility our rank, our gender, or our age may be, we all are ultimately serving the one ascended Lord, and we are doing so as co-workers on the earth. And so knowing that Christ is in heaven, the laborer, the worker, knows that everything that he or she does is really done in service to Christ Jesus first of all. Jesus is the master who knows the heart of the worker. He is not fooled by eye service. He is not fooled by those who render service but out of bad will and not good will. He sees from heaven not just what your hands are doing but also what your heart is doing. He does not change the divine rules based on the social on your social status or the social status of the type of work that you are doing even if you are enslaved as a bond servant like we read about in Ephesians 6 but he calls everyone to follow him in whatever you are doing with a sincere heart and in obedience to all the commandments and then the holy spirit tells us knowing that Christ is in heaven we understand that everything we do, we are doing to glorify the one master who is above all the earthly masters in whatever task we are given. Serving the eternal king with our work makes every task that we do noble. Every task is God-honoring. Christians don't just work for a boss here on earth but they are seeking to do the will of God. I'm not digging a ditch for a boss so-and-so, but I'm digging a ditch in faithful servant service to the ascended Lord Jesus Christ. I know he is there. I know he sees me as I work. And because Christian workers desire to glorify their master in heaven, they will also want to show respect and sincere reverence 
to the people he has placed over, uh, in authority over them. And so it is when we understand that the master we serve is in heaven. That's when we realize that it's not, it's not pleasing to the heavenly master to waste company time on social media, to offer half-hearted service to the business that employed us, to see what we can get away with not doing in school instead of giving ourselves to, to Christ in heaven or to cheat others in, in any way. The ascension of Jesus Christ and believing in that has consequences. It affects our work. Our master in heaven promises that he will reward our faithfulness to him even when our earthly bosses might not even notice our faithfulness. The knowledge that their master is in heaven also affects Christian employers or masters. When employers ignore the ascended Lord, they can fool themselves into thinking that, that they are not accountable to, to anyone. Maybe you heard that on the news about the, the owner of Facebook. He doesn't want to be accountable to anyone. But when you know that there is another master who is in heaven, the master who is their Lord and who is Lord of every servant under the, under the sun, that master can see how you are treating others. Well, then you will have a, a different attitude. Then you will know the real situation, that although you are a boss on earth or maybe even the, the prime minister of a country, you are not the highest authority. And the Holy Spirit's instruction in Ephesians 6 verse 9 points out to Christian employers that they are limited by the will of their Lord in heaven. They are called to be ambassadors by their ascended Lord, Jesus Christ, in their workplace. Believing that Jesus Christ ascended into heaven affects your work. If an employer threatens his or her employees, they are doing it with their master in heaven standing right behind them and, and seeing it all. And they are misrepresenting Christ, the Lord and master in heaven, right before his very eyes. It's good to remember that there's no partiality with Christ, that those who are in him are freed from all partiality. Masters on earth are not inherently better than their employees or their bond servants, as it may be in some cultures, but they stand beside their employees as you both wait for the one Lord, the ascended Jesus Christ, to return to take all his own up to himself to paradise. We believe that Jesus Christ, our Master and Savior, is really in heaven in his body. I use paradise because I was going for the three Ps, paradise, heaven, similar. Jesus Christ was enthroned in heaven on Ascension Day. And the consequence for those who believe this 
is that we always do our work here on earth knowing that we have our flesh in heaven. Now as we see the bigger picture, we're turning to, to Lord's Day 18. We know that we have our flesh in heaven. The bodies that God gave to us, the work that we are able to do as unmarried or married individuals, as parents and or as children, as employees or employers, it's not merely temporary work for human ends that becomes meaningless after we die. That's the gospel of the Christian faith. We work, we parent, we love, and we serve with the full knowledge that our head, Jesus Christ, will return and take us as his members up to himself. And if our calling and work on earth today serve God's kingdom and glorifies God's name, it also has a place in God's sovereign and eternal plan. Jesus Christ is truly King of kings and Lord of lords. And his authority and his rule extend into every part of our lives, making every person either a rebel against him or a faithful subject who is dedicated to him. Jesus Christ is not here in his body, but he is there in heaven in his body. So we're called to praise him in your work on earth, and you will be serving his kingdom, which is eternal, eternal paradise, where moth and rust do not destroy. And while we do our work praising our king in heaven, we may know that he is also the high priest or advocate in heaven before his father. The Holy Spirit tells us that our, our master who is in heaven, who cares about how we do our work on earth, is also so caring that he hears our prayers and he brings those to the Father so we can approach him, receive mercy, find grace to help us in our time of need. The Holy Spirit tells us that he is continually interceding for us before the Father. And so here we are, we're, we're doing our work on earth, we're, we're doing it for the glory of Jesus Christ, and it can be difficult, and he is there as the way, he, he's interceding for us so that we can do it to his glory. He knows our names. He knows what we are facing. He is pleased when we want to work with, uh, for, with him as, as workers and employers. We can be sure that when we ask God, in Jesus' name, he will help us to carry out our office and calling as faithfully as the angels in heaven. And so Paul is not trying to frighten us with the revelation that Jesus knows how we are working, but he is encouraging us so that we see that he is truly working with us as we seek to fulfill our calling. As we draw near to him in prayer, he draws near to us with his divinity, his majesty, his grace, and his spirit. And the mystery of the two natures of Jesus Christ, it's difficult for our finite minds to understand. In Lord's Day 18, 
The church gives an explanation that shows us how Jesus can be in heaven interceding for us before the Father and reigning over all things and how he is with us at the same time. Jesus Christ, together with the Father and the Spirit, is fully God. His divinity goes beyond the human nature he has taken on, so he is able to be present everywhere. But though we may not fully comprehend the fullness of the triune God, we can be sure that our Lord Jesus did not leave us as orphans on the earth when he went into heaven. We can know of his omnipresent divinity. We can see his majesty in creation. We can experience his grace in conversion and and in this desire to walk with him. We are led by the Holy Spirit to do as we confess as the third benefit of his ascension. Seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and not the things that are on earth. And as we go home today, the point that we need to remember is that we are never alone. Adults in your work, children, remember you are never playing alone. You are never out of sight of your master in heaven. We work, we play, we do all things with the triune God in us, around us in heaven, interceding for us, loving us as his dear children. And so we we praise him with our songs. We praise him with the faithful work of our hands. We praise him when we respect our employers and our employees. His spirit is with us and our heavenly master is near us. And so we do not find our satisfaction and, and peace just in the temporary things of this earth, but we look to paradise where we are citizens, where the Lord Jesus has prepared a place for us. Work for God and not for men. You will not be enslaved to people-pleasing. Serve your master in heaven, praying to the Father through him for help, and you will not do your work with partiality. Praise your king and high priest who has ascended into heaven, and you will experience the joy, the peace, and the satisfaction of of that harmony of paradise with all those around you. Amen.